All right. Well, welcome everyone. Good morning on this uh, festive Friday here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. And uh, today, um, super motivated to start early, of course. But thank you for joining me as we continue on here on our journey through God's Word, because uh, indeed, uh, the journey never ends. We always study and review and grow and um, even though, um, as I always say, um, not always say, but um, if I would say, once we think we know everything, we actually know nothing. And uh, that's why we continue to study uh, as we dig deep into God's Word. Uh, let us begin this day uh, with a word. Sorry, this is bugging me. It should be straight. All right, let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. Uh, we, we thank you for your grace, that, Lord, you, you rescue us from uh, sin and death, the very conditions that we cannot rescue ourselves from. Lord, uh, as you are the good shepherd, we shall not want, because you fulfill all things for us. Bless us in the contentedness of this life, as we reside in the gospel that you have freely given to us. Bless us in our study this morning as your word continues uh, to, to strengthen and, and sustain and feed and nurture um, the, the foundation of our faith. Lord, uh, sanctify us in your truth and lead us by your spirit. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, friends. Uh, okay, wherever, however, which way ever you are listening to this, thank you for joining me. And, uh, you know... No, I don't know. I'm not going to say that. Um, just some thoughts I always have. Non sequitur. Anyways, but today, Genesis. What are we? Where are we today? Genesis 11, 8 and following. And uh, today, uh, we are going through uh, the Tower of Babel, the result of it. Again, the title of our Bible study today is, Did You Get What You Wanted? Now, again, I think... Throughout all the text today, um, we see a lot of want, whether it is um, of, of, uh, of God's desire, but yet also the want of human nature. And I guess the question is, who prevails through all this? Uh, who, whose will is done? And, and, and this is the, the, the constant uh, reminder um, as we reside upon uh, the Lord's will and his promises and his follow through. That's the thing, you know, man, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we are unable, but there is God uh, who, 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 whose will is done. And what a, what a great gift this is. All right, Genesis 11, get your Bibles out here. And as we continue, Genesis 11 Here we are in verse 8. Here we are in verse 8. So uh, verse 7, we see the triune God saying, Come, let us <coughs> go down. And they're confused their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. Again, why is that? Uh, rather than just toppling the building, uh, he, he very well knew that, uh, what? That they would just build again. So they needed to confuse the language. Now, verse 8, so the Lord, we can read this together, so the Lord dispersed them, spread them out from there over 
the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Now, again, when we look at uh, God's building be done, uh, we see in verse 8, um, why am I holding the other notes? Okay. Uh, we see in verse 8, so the Lord dispersed them from over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Now, this is a great theme, I believe, in our text today about building, right? Um, man's effort into making a name for themselves and building this tower to the heavens, at the end of the day, what happens, right? Well, their attempts are futile. We see right here, uh, as uh, they were dispersed over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. You know, when we talk about buildings, friends, and we talked about this last week, you know, we very well know in our building, um, how does, again, this, this goes back to um, the second commandment, and we talked about this, I believe, uh, the the last time, I believe. Uh, this goes back to hallowed be thy name in the Lord's Prayer, right? But when we talk about building, what we learn from the Tower of Babel is that uh, rather than trusting in the name to which they were called by God through the flood, right? This is a great picture of God's grace uh, continuing to uh, give to them <laughs> uh, his rescue and, and his uh, grace as he gives them new life through the passage of water, right? Very baptismal, by the way. But here we see how they were trying to build a name, a legacy for themselves uh, by their pride, by their uh, self-reliant arrogance. Uh, what else? Uh, we very well know that in this building, uh, they were indeed trying to get it done, but this, the, 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 the cautionary reminder here is that they were left off building the city, right? Um, and here in verse 9, we see, Therefore its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. See, the humanism of man, though they are the best laid plans, they will always fall short. Why? Because they were rooted in their own sin, right? That God is the building to which stands, that is the word that endures for siempre forever, right? Um, uh, to the eterna. And here we see the best laid plans of man always fall short and all they're left with is a confusing babble. The best laid plans of Adam and Eve would leave them what? Hiding, right? Uh, <laughs> the best laid plans um, uh, of many of the, even the patriarchs, even uh, the, the heroes of the faith in the Bible, uh, yeah, they weren't perfect. They had many plans that they thought uh, would give them what they needed. Look at David, for example. And um, at the end of the day, their plan would be all for naught. And when we talk about building, uh, God uh, is reminding us here of the true building that is in Christ Jesus alone, in his name, in, um, in the name to which we are grafted in in our baptism. This is how God builds. And there we trust 
in the foundation to which we have been called. Now, again, the best laid plans. You know what I'm talking about, friends. You know uh, how that self-reliance uh, really can uh, do what? Uh, you know, uh, how that can turn us uh, from the will of God, uh, from his word, from his name, and how quickly uh, we revert or we, we are led by our own humanism. And this is ultimately um, our sin. But God, what does he do? To prevent further disaster, he, he separates them, he, he gives them babbling language so that uh, they would disperse and follow through on what he was trying to build in Genesis 9-1, to be fruitful and multiply. This is what God was building. Again, why? Because before that was the, the flood, Right? And in that flood, uh, this was the time to be fruitful and multiply and spread over all the earth. This is God's will. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, though they thought they had the best laid plans um, in their sin of making this tower, and, and ultimately the utter disregard of God and his word and his command, well, there they fall short. And it's all about building, right? Did they get... Did you get what you wanted, right? And what they wanted, well, <laughs> their best laid plans, at the end of the day, would leave them babbling. So, God continues to build. Genesis 10, uh, Genesis 11, 10 to 26. And uh, this is um, a genealogy of Shem. Now, why, why Shem? Man, this, this floor creaks. It really does bother me when I'm moving around. Hopefully you can't hear it. Can you hear that? Anyways. Um, Shem, why Shem? Why the focus on Shem? Because Shem ultimately is the family line of Israel uh, but also, at the end of the day, Jesus Christ. This is how God builds. This is how God's will is done. Through genealogy. Through all the dominoes that fall, with the light or the sight upon His will be done, that is the Word made flesh. Think about that. Generation upon generation. We'll read that today. Uh, please bear with me here as we go through Shem's descendants. Why don't we continue to read here uh, verse 10 and following, these are the generations of Shem. When Shem was 100 years old, he fathered um, Arpachshad uh, two years after the flood. And Shem lived after he fathered Arpachshad 500 years and had other sons and daughters. So Shem lived 600 years total. Wow. When Arpachshad had lived 35 years, he fathered Shelah. And Arpachshad lived under or after he fathered Shelah 403 years and had other sons and daughters. So Aparkshad lived uh, 440, 438 years. When Shelah had lived 30 years, he fathered Eber. And Shelah lived after he fathered Eber 403 years and had other sons and daughters. So 433 years for Shelah. When Eber had uh, lived four, 34 years, he fathered Peleg. And Eber lived after he fathered Peleg 430 years and had other sons and daughters. So that's 464 years. When Peleg had lived 30 years, he fathered Ru. And Peleg lived after he fathered Ru 209 years 
and had other sons and daughters. So that's for Ru, 239 years. When Ru had lived, uh, or Peleg, sorry. When Ru had lived 32 years, he fathered Serug, and Ru lived after he fathered Serug 207 years and had other sons and daughters. So Ru, 239 years. When Serug had lived 30 years, he fathered Nahor, and Serug lived after he fathered Nahor 200 years and, other, and had other sons and daughters. So we see the population going, 230 years for Serug. Good for him. When Nahor had lived 29 years, he fathered uh, Terah, and Nahor lived after he fathered Terah 119 years and had other sons and daughters. So right here we see uh, 130... Man, you are making me do my math. 148 years... Um, Nahor would live. And when Terah had lived 70 years, he fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran. All right. So I know when you look at a genealogy, as we've talked about this in the past couple weeks, how, uh, yeah, there's a lot of names here. What does it mean? Again, this is how God builds. See, layer by layer through this genealogy, he is not building uh, as the bab- uh, the, the babbling uh, uh, folks uh, here um, in the Tower of Babel, but rather he is building through generations to fulfill the promised seed, Genesis 3.15. You know, this is faith. You know, many of the Old Testament who were looking forward to Christ, they, they never saw uh, the fruition of that. They, they never saw with their eyes uh, uh, the Word made flesh. But yet their faith resided in the unseen. They trusted in what dominoes would fall all by the promise of God. And we too, you know, we live post-resurrection. So we weren't there when Jesus died and rose. But what we do know in the unseen is that he will return again, right? Again, God continues to build through genealogy. Your genealogy, your family line, that is how God uh, provides for you in your give us this day our daily bread. This is how God has given you your story, your background from where you come from. Right? And here, the Lord is showing us from Shem, right? We go back to Seth, we go back to uh, Noah, uh, we go back to uh, Adam and Eve. You know, we, we see the, 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 the building blocks of salvation in our midst. See, that's why Jesus is so important, because, well, of course, <laughs> but in the Old Testament, I mean, because it's all about Jesus. This is what we're always building towards. See, they were building towards their own name. The Lord is building what? By his will. And that is the, 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 the word made flesh, Jesus Christ. And that is for you. See, this, this shows who God is for, and that is for you. Do you see how this all works in God's will be done? We, we say that prayer in the Lord's Prayer, God's will be done, that he may break and hinder uh, the devil and uh, all his work, but also give us uh, the blessing, right? Uh, a forgiveness in life and salvation, the gospel, uh, to, to give us the peace uh, that is of Christ. And this is the Lord's will. The gospel, and here we see it uh, going through the genealogy. So when you look at genealogy and when you look at God's handiwork as he was weaving through these generations um, only to get to the salvation that he promised, uh, this is a a, a great picture of God's grace Um, and in the midst of sin of this world, God worked for the sake of the world. Uh, through this genealogy. So a lot of great stuff here. Now, 
thinking about how God works, we see right here in uh, Terah's uh, descendants. Now, this is another pinpoint here about Terah. Here we see uh, Abram, Nahor, and Haran, verse 27. And Haran fathered Lot. Haran died in the presence of his father, Terah, in the land of his kindred in Ur of the Chaldeans. And Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, and the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and Iscah. Now, Sarai was barren. She had no children. Verse 31, Terah took Abram his son and Lot, the son of his son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son, Abram's wife. And they went forth together from the Ur of Chaldeans to God to go into the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Now, again, uh, interestingly... Here we see uh, they never made it to the land of Canaan during their father's time. Right? They, they, they settled in Haran, and, um, and, and that is, as you see, if you have your Lutheran Study Bible out, um, which I encourage everyone to get a Lutheran Study Bible. You know, that is, it's, it's such a great Bible uh, resource uh, as, a, as an addition. But here we see the map right here, um, right next to our reading of Genesis uh, 11, and, and here we see uh, clearly that, uh, that the Ur of Chaldeans, and I know you can't see that right there, the Ur of Chaldeans is, is basically a south, southeast, uh, 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 southeast uh, Mesopotamia, and, and here uh, they would do what? They would travel to the north, somewhat of the northwest to Haran. And there they would settle before Terah would die at 205 years. But I think, uh, and that's interesting, I, we really don't know why they never, you know, even though they were uh, planning to go forth to the land of Canaan, why they uh, uh, settled in Haran. Uh, many would say that uh, Terah would become older and it was more difficult to travel, but we really don't know. Exactly. But what we do know is the genealogy, the background of this family, that they hailed from the Ur of Chaldeans. Oh, this is a bad pen. The Ur of Chaldeans. Joshua 24.2. And this is a picture of how we would describe um, Joshua 24.2. What this land the Ur of Chaldeans was all about. It says right here in Joshua 24, 2, And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates. Terah, the father of Abraham and of Nahor, and they served other gods. You know, this was a haven for false gods. And this is where they hailed from. This was a life of, what's the word? Idolatry. You know, their want were idols. Their desire, their covetousness, their, their worship was of idolatry. So when we talk about did you get what you wanted, that's what they were surrounded by. That's what they grew up from. That's Abram's background. Right, But the Lord's will is done, as we will soon talk about, 
as he calls them out. Now, again, the barren womb. We talk about another picture of this is the picture of Sarai. And why is this so important? Because based on human reason and want, yes, the barren womb, this, this womb cannot have children. And this is an impossible, you know, this is impossible. Um, for Sarai's womb was barren, she could not have children, or so it seemed. And in that want, uh, they basically lost hope in that reality of having a family. Right? But though human want assumes that what? That this is what it is in their life in the era of the Chaldeans. Verse 1 shows us a different picture. Why don't we see verse 1? Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Um, and, and here we see it. Right? The Lord, what's the key word here? The Lord's go. It is his call to Abraham to tell him go. Go. You know, Abraham did not just decide this by happenstance or whim, but rather he is called by God. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. You know, this is of great faith that not only does God call, but there um, uh, Abram hears this word and he goes. Again, in the midst of idolatry, this is the status to which he had. God calls him by what? By mercy. To the land I will show you. Right? And this is the will of God, right? The promised land, ultimately Jesus Christ. God's mercy in the midst of idolatry. You know, we look at Abraham and say, what a miracle. We look at St. Paul on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9. What a miracle, right? Because this was all a call. Go, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Same thing. Radical all by the call of God and his word. How are you called? Remember the name to which you were brought into. It's by the power of God's word. This is the miracle of God as he calls you by name and you are his. Right? Isaiah 43, right? Yeah. Fear not. I have redeemed you. I've called you by name and you are mine. That's right. He calls you by the power of his word. He calls Abram by the power of his word. That by, and this shows so much about God, right? It shows his mercy, his grace, his love, as he, and it, that his will is done ever since his genealogy would flow, all the dominoes falling as God is building and, and leading uh, and, and following through on um, this path to the salvation of Jesus Christ. It's all by the mercy of God that this was all put into place. Everything. Ever since the fall, it's all by the mercy of God that he would promise this seed of Christ, right? Or that he would promise uh, uh, from the womb would come the Christ. 
It's all by his mercy in the midst of idolatry. Abram is called out. See, that's the power of God's word. That's why we trust in his word. Because when we look at all these instances in the Bible, this was not human reason that figured it out. No, they were seeped and their background was in idolatry. Yet by God's powerful word, he calls them out. See, the word does things, you guys. You know, the word isn't just like any other word of this world. No, the word, the power of God's word, God's call in the in his word, uh, not only convicts, but comforts you in the, the righteousness of Christ, that through his mercy, he calls you out. And baptismally speaking, again, when, when we understand that baptism saves, that this is the work of God, and he is working on you, there we see his mercy and grace, knowing that our trust is in what he has done. Our faith clings to the promise that he has given to us freely as dead sinners made alive as separated sinners are reconciled to God through the blood of Christ, this is the picture of God's plan. And we see this happening with Abram. Right? All right. Um, Anyways, Luther says this. Let us not forget the era of of the Chaldean and that Abraham was an idolater when he lived there. That is, Let us teach that even the greatest saints were human beings who could fall into sins and often fell horribly. But when they were saved and later on were endowed with various gifts, this is entirely the result of God's mercy, who calls us by his word and does not cast us aside. Entirely God's mercy. Your life is in God's hand because of his mercy. Interestingly, he says, I will show you. I will show you. You know, the Lord doesn't, you know, when we look at uh, this uh, text right here, the Lord doesn't uh, uh, tell him exactly where he is to go. But clearly, um, Haran is not the place to stay. That he is to go and follow the Lord's lead. This is faith. Now, I don't know the, the last time you packed for a trip, uh, or, or the itinerary, the destination was set. You know, there's a lot of plans that go on in that. And you don't like unknowns when you go far, do you? I don't, right? And, and therefore, when we look at Abram uh, as he goes, uh, this is faith, Abram's faith, right? Through the power of God's word. This shows us a lot about God and his mercy, I mean, we, we, even later in Genesis 22, in the sacrifice of Isaac, I mean, right? He went. Isaac. He took Isaac, his favorite. I mean, this son that he cherished, who he dearly loves. And he followed God's word, and of course we know the story. The Lord would provide. Anyways. And I think this is the key to where he is to go. And Herbert does a great job here. This is a quote. Abraham did not quarrel with God. He did not contest God's will. He did not say, what am I supposed to let go of? What is certain to trust and what is uncertain? The key is here, as Herbert just says, wherever God is, my homeland and father is too. God is everywhere. And good bread can be had in any country. So since he commanded me to go, let him be my guide. He'll manage well. This is the champion's faith. Wherever God is, that is where my home is. 
That's faith. And the mighty fortress, that is your home. Covered by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, that is your home. You are mere exiles and strangers in this world. This is not where you lay your roots. You lay your roots in the, in the work of Christ and what He has done for you. See, that's your homeland. That is your fatherland. That is why Abram goes. Because by the power of God's word that called him, this is, uh, at this point, what he realized. That this is who would lead him. This is his home, and that is with God. Your home is not built by your legacy, pride, and self-arrogance, and all these things of sin. No, your home is in the name of Christ and what he has done for you. This is your refuge. This is your fortress. This is your fatherland. That wherever you go, what does Jesus say? I will be with you until the end of the age. And that is the truth. Right? So remember that. Um, Very important. I love that quote. Wherever God is, um, um, there is my homeland. You know? I think sometimes we, we wonder where our, you know, where our permanent home is at times. You know, and uh, um, uh, speaking, you know, um, in a earthly sense, you know, the permanent home. You know, am I going to live in this house forever? Am I going to live in that house forever? Uh, you know, all these questions might come up. Um, but um, when we talk about eternal home, eternal homeland, fatherland. It is God and his promises and his word. And here we see Abram go forth to the land that God would show him. Anyways, verse 2a, and I will make you a great nation. Again, beyond human reason. Why? Because clearly we see the barren womb. How can there be a great nation through the barren womb? This is beyond human reason. And this is another tension that we see in our text today. Barren womb would say, impossible. What are you speaking of? Right? I mean, even when we know the story, uh, Sarah would even chuckle. Like, are you really serious? Right? But the Lord, his will is done. And he says, I will make you a great nation. It's beyond our own human reason. You know, when we talk about the genealogy, when we talk about all of this, I mean, human reason would say, Abram, really? Are you serious? He is the one to which the line of Christ would be. He is the one to which uh, uh, the the, the line uh, would lead to ultimately uh, uh, Israel and our Savior. I mean, this is this is the picture of uh, the in our human reason impossible, right? But yet, by God's grace, He calls out Abram and, and He calls him uh, to go to the promised land, uh, and and He says, "I will make your nation." Great. See, this is beyond our own human reason, that the Lord's will is done, that we have faith in the radical. And this gospel is radical, friends, right? The death and resurrection of our Lord, radical. The water and word of holy baptism that saves you, radical, right? The Lord's Supper, radical, right? This is all by the power of God's word. By the power of God's word, radical. Abram was called out from the Ur of Chaldeans, from the knee-deep in darkness of idolatry, head high in idolatry, with a barren room, radical, that from Sarai, or soon-to-be Sarah, uh, name change, uh, that she would bear uh, the, 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 the multitude, 
uh, just as there are stars in the sky and the sands in the sea, and, and ultimately would be the one who would uh, be the line of Christ. This is, this is radical, right? Um, and that's the tension, friends, right? Throughout all this story about human reason versus the radical promise of God. That's the tension that we face here, Right? Abram, wondering where he would go, you and I both would know, we would want more details, but he went. Sarah, with the barren womb, information there, how could this be? But yet, by the radical gift of God, there she would bear many uh, to make a great nation. That's where faith comes in, right? It's the trust in God and his word. We see the cautionary tale, the reminder of what happens when we fail uh, to trust in his first commandment stuff, right? To fail to trust in God above all things. We fall to the second commandment. We do not hallow his name. We trust our human reason saying, yeah, this makes sense, right? But at the same time, as we look at this whole picture, at the end of the day, God's will be done. God's building be done. And that is salvation for you. All right, we'll stop there. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for this time together. Uh, Bless us in this word, knowing that through all things, your promise um, is delivered to us through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, bless us, O Lord, in the, uh, the plans that you have before us, knowing full well that our homeland, our fatherland is with you, and that you are with us until the end of the age, as you have given us victory uh, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection and the sacraments. Lord, bless us this day and lead us in the comfort and your peace, knowing full well that through all things we are um, um, seated in your kingdom as citizens of your care, um, as your children. Thank you, O Lord, for your grace. We pray all this in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, friends, uh, thank you for joining me today, and uh, hopefully that went well with you. Uh, take, uh, take down the notes here. Um, and um, in a little bit, uh, probably in like 15 minutes, uh, we will go on with the Illuminated Catechism. Illuminated Catechism. So please check back here um, on YouTube Live as we go through that portion of our daily recordings. Oh, we are busy here at Faith Lutheran. And we keep it going. So have a wonderful day, friends. Love you all. Praying for you all. Until next time, remember, did you get what you wanted? That's right. God has given you the greatest gift, Jesus. Adios, friends. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmorepark.com.